Amen. Can we give the worship team a hand this morning? So appreciate they help us out. Amen. We are ready to hear the word today. You can be seated. We get ready to transition here. But uh, Pastor Wayne, come on up. We're going to hear from a general again and just... He likes it when we take notes, all right? So I would take advantage of this time, be ready, be equipped. But can we just give Pastor a hand as he gets ready to share this morning? Love you, man. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand. God is good all the time. You got that right, all the time. And the devil's bad all the time. Amen. Last week we talked a little bit about vision. I just want to uh, jump off, if I could, from that again. Uh, in Proverbs 29, 18. And the Bible said, without vision, people perish. I like one translation, says, without a vision, my people perish. You know, when God gives a vision, it's really worth something. Now, there's other people have visions for all kinds of things. I understand that. But when it comes to God talking to his people, he said, my people need a vision, for without it, they cast off restraint. What does that mean? Cast off restraint. I thought about this. What happens if you don't have a God vision? Frustration, confusion, hopelessness, depression, despair. Think about it. So all of us, especially as Christians, need a God vision. Because the Bible said if we can keep that vision before us, the Bible said it's life. It's health. It's really good for us. Amen? And so the vision that God's given us is really, really good. Amen? Now, I want to just, I think about in the book of Luke, because sometimes when God gives a vision, and I don't know about you, but uh, as a young man, you get a prophecy and you're really excited about it. But over the years, I've learned something about God's vision. Anytime God gives you a word or his vision, how many know it doesn't always come to pass easily? And that's why Jesus made this statement. In Luke chapter 13 and verse 24, Jesus said, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. And I don't believe that's talking about getting saved and finding your word. I believe it. it's basically when God gives you something, a word or a vision. Listen, if you think it's going to come easy, you got another thought coming. Because we, we are at war. You can say what you want, but there's a devil that does not like you. And I tell you, he has a certain amount of power. Most of it in, in, in his mouth. You know, other than that, he has no power over me or you except what he, through his mouth, can convince you to accept and receive. You know, he's just not out there having a bunch of power and he can just torment you anytime he wants. Are you kidding? I like reading the book of Job because um, the Bible says that the sons of God appeared before the throne of God in heaven and Satan appeared also. And the Bible says that uh, God said, what are you doing here? Well, he says, uh, you know, I just, I'm just here to check things out. And, um, and he said, by the way, he said, God, have you considered your servant Job? He says, yeah, yeah, I know he is. But uh, let me just tell you something about Job. The, this is the devil talking to God now. There's something about Job you need to know. If it wasn't for your blessing, he'd curse you. 
If it wasn't for being so good to him, he'd curse you. Now, listen, listen. And God said, really? You really think that? And you, you read what happened to Job. I mean, he lost everything. He has, he has seven children. They're, they're, they die. I mean, he's got all kinds of stuff. Next thing you know, he's sitting on a pile of ashes with boils, and he's trying to break them loose with a piece of pottery. And his wife said, you need to curse God and die. And he said, woman, you're talking like a foolish woman. Though God slay me, yet I'll trust him. So we have to understand there is a devil, but he can't touch you without getting permission from you. So every time there's what we call a temptation, it really is, guess who? And so when you go to the door, and that's why you have to know the Bible, because if you don't know the Bible, he can talk you in and out of stuff. I don't know how he talked one-third of the angels to leave heaven, but he did. I don't know how in the world did he talk Adam and Eve out of the perfect place called the Garden of Eden. I mean, it was, it was paradise, and he talked him out of it. So if, if, but if you know the Bible, see, if Adam and Eve had said, wait a minute, it is written... Well, does it mean, no, 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 this is what it means. It means exactly what he said. And we have to know the word of God. Because when the enemy comes, we can, we can confront him exactly as Jesus confronted him in the wilderness. When Satan began to tempt Jesus, he said, it is written. It is written. He knew the scriptures. And we need to know the scriptures because we are definitely at now, I, I, I was looking at the scriptures this morning in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2 and verse 18. Paul is writing to the church, and he said, I wanted to come to you, and th th this is the word he used, but Satan hindered me. Now, that's not the only time he said that. He said it twice in Romans. He said, I, I, I was going to do this, but Satan... So we have to understand that there can be hindrances from the enemy. So many times, those things, what we call hindrances, sometimes giants are called, that was what in the, in the wilderness. It, those things are really bred for us. They're to help us and make us stronger. Amen? And so I thought to myself, I go, whoa. This is really amazing. So I want to talk a little bit about that in just a little bit. But first, let's get back to the vision. I think it's very important. You know, we need to understand something about God's vision. Number one, we really need to believe it. Oh, you say, well, really? No, no, I mean, believe it. <laughs> you know, when sometimes you really believe something, you're convinced. And nobody can talk you out of it. But a lot of people that just have, they say they have a vision, they believe, but if you can talk them out of it, they don't really believe. And then think on it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So think about it all the time. Write it down. Talk to others about it. The more we get into the vision, the more the vision gets in us. One of the things that we did in the begin early on in our church, we talked an awful lot about marriage. In fact, I couldn't hardly preach a message without somehow tying into the marriage. But what happened was we kept talking about the vision, thinking about the vision, and next thing you know, we had good marriages. 
Now, I, I can't explain there are certain principles in the kingdom. And one of them is, you know, if you keep thinking about something, you're going to become it. And so we wow, could we do this with the vision that God's given us? Rejoice with what God's given us. Could we rejoice in the vision? You know, I, I woke up one morning, something really strange, but uh, and sometimes it happens, and that is it, almost before your mind can really function, if I can use that word, uh, it, it's a, a thought pops in, and I feel it's from the Holy Spirit speaking and coming out of your spirit because our spirits are the channel through which the Holy Spirit flows. The candle of the Bible said the, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And so he enlightens us through our spirit. We call it our conscience. When I woke up and I thought about this, I thought, you know, uh, uh, it kept coming to Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and saw it was glad. Abraham rejoiced to see my day and saw it was glad. And it just kept rolling. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, Abraham was centuries before Jesus. But Jesus said, he saw my day, and he saw it. He rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. I go, whoa, this is really amazing. So it is possible to see before you experience. And so I think it's really important when I talk about, could we really rejoice in it? Could we rejoice in the center being fully option ratio? Winning souls, people getting saved and healed, and could we see? Could we? Could we do that? How about thinking that about, about your marriage? Living happily ever. Let's look at. Let's look at that way. Your wife is totally submitted, <laughs> and your husband isn't a jerk. I mean, come on. Could we really begin to really think <laughs> and rejoice because God's working with us? God's with us. God's given us a vision about marriage, and that is if any two will agree. Days of heaven on earth and all the promises, could we get those things in our heart and see them by faith? Could we do that? Families. I don't care what, whatever God's vision is that's given us to the word, then we can, re we can begin to rejoice in it because God is working all things together for our good and his glory. Could we begin to do that and then rest in that vision? Could we rest in the vision? Well, I'm thinking about the OC, of course, but, uh, but I, I, can't, I can't think about anything without thinking about marriage. So I, I don't know about you, but I mean, we've been married how many years? 57, 50, whatever. I mean, and you know, sometimes I just can't really believe, you know, that, you know what I'm saying? This is too good. It has to be sin. <laughs> no, that's not. No, it, it's so good because that's the way God intended your marriage to be. He intended you to be not just a force, but he enjoyed you to enjoy wonderful times right here, getting us ready for heaven. Why? Because love is with us. His name is Jesus. He's with us. He's just kind of floating around. And if we just take, take a few little opportunities, let him work, let him move, man, we, we, can, we got it. You know, every time we get through watching some of these movies, Hallmark, we like to watch Hallmark, some of the old ones especially, or some of the better ones. And uh, I, think, I think to myself, when I'm through watching, it says, I got what they have. I got it. I got it. I don't have to sit here and think about it, dream about it, wish, wish. No, I've got it. Why? Because it's Christ on the inside of me. You know, I've got, I've got the vision of the Lord on the inside. He's in there. Makes it work. Anybody home? Amen. 
But I, I noticed something that if you go to the book of Proverbs, uh, I think it's uh, Solomon's writing, and he says, my son, attend to my words and keep them in before your eyes. And somehow, I don't know what it, what it does or how it does it, but somehow Abraham had God's word and he saw something. I don't understand this, but the word of the Lord can produce sight. You can get, begin to see things that are really not present at the moment, but because God said them, they're as good as done. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so I said, wow, this is so if we can keep thinking about the, the vision that God's given this house, think about the OC, think about the potential that God has for us in this city to turn it around. Now, the OC is more than another community effort. No, it's another way to bring God's presence into this city. Let's remember, David, when he became king... The Ark of the Covenant wasn't in Jerusalem. Now, that's the presence of God. That was the literal presence of God because between the Ark, there was this, this cloud by day and, and fire by night, but it was the presence of God. But it wasn't in the city, and David was a man after God's own heart, so he said, we've got to have the Ark, the presence of God, into the city. And you know the story he sent, and he, he had built a new car. He was going to do it right. But next thing you know, he put the ark on the new cart, and you know the story. I mean, that hit a, the ark hit a, a bump and rocked a little bit. Somebody reached out and touched the ark, and it was, died immediately, dead. And poor David, he says, what in the world happened? And then he said, I began to search the scriptures, and I found out God has an order. You can't just carry the ark any old way you want. God's presence doesn't come just any old way you want, and especially when man's designing it. He said, no. He said, this is how the ark has got to be carried. It's got to be carried on the shoulders of the high priest. And what's interesting is the name of the family that was responsible for carrying the ark of the covenant were called Kohathites, which literally means congregation. The presence of God comes on the shoulders of the believers. And so we're bringing the presence of God into the city in that part, and it's going to spread to the rest of the part. It has to come because somebody is willing to bear the ark. And so, to me, the OC is another way of bringing God's presence into this city. And God has some kind of an order, and that's just the way we're doing it. And so God has spoken about it. God has opened the door. God's making provision. And so we said, go. We're going to go with it. Whew. You know, there are many people feeding the poor and clothing the poor. Uh, but let me, let me take you to the back of the book of John 12. When the Bible says that Jesus was sitting at the table, and, and in come this Mary Magdalene. She'd gotten delivered from demons, and... And she brought in this uh, the oil. She, she began to, you know, anoint Jesus' feet with this very expensive oil. And, uh, and the Bible said, one standing by, Judas, he said, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You know, we could sell this and we could get money and give more to the poor. And Jesus said, now listen, the poor you're always going to have with you, but not me. 
The poor is always going to be around, but they won't always have Jesus. They won't always have the influence of somebody who knows Jesus Christ. And so this is the ultimate objective of whatever we do. It's to glorify and magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 So that's what we're doing. We're caring. And you know, what I really like is that first lesson. You know, in the life center. I went, you know. And uh, one, of, one of the elders that I had is now my uh, teacher. <laughs> you know, I remember, I remember when Brother Neil came in and full of the devil. You know, I remember, I remember you know, God worked with him, next thing you know. And now I'm in the life group that he's ahead, heading up. But it's all right. But I noticed one of the first things that they brought out is our, our whole concept is reaching people. Okay, but the way you did it and the way you explained it was so good. And he gave the example, and you, if, if you had to, went to the life group, you were there. And what was really interesting, but uh, people went into the community. Some went in just to convert souls, and one went in because they wanted to convert souls, but they wanted to do it a different way. We're going to really do things that are good and nice and everything like that. And then, you know, then when so, and after time, the people that were just really sweet and so on, before they gave the gospel, had more converts than those who went in just to preach the gospel. Now, we've, we've seen this. When I, uh, was, I was privileged to go to uh, Africa with uh, Brother John Snyder, and we went to see Brother uh, John Castle. And uh, I, I preached in a village that uh, it, uh, just one of the regular villages, with 80 to 90% of the people in that village were Muslims. And they persecuted the church. But what they did is uh, when CBN was able, and, he, and CBN did this a lot, uh, they put in a well. Because back, if, you, if you know anything about that part of Africa, I mean, you have to carry, women had to go miles, sometimes two or three miles, to get water for food, you know, to cook with or whatever. And, uh, and so all of a sudden, so they put this well, and they put it on the property of the pastor. And he just gave it free to everybody. And all of a sudden, the hostilities. And he could preach the gospel freely without persecution. So that's what Pastor Matt's vision is of the OC. We're going to do the things that are sweet and kind. But at the same time, we're believing God that the hearts of men and women will open Jesus Christ and when they're open to Jesus Christ we can move in the word of wisdom knowledge healing whatever it is and it's amazing and this is really what's there was another there was two doctors that uh, that also were there and uh, and uh, there was this man he was a Muslim he had a, a 13 pound goiter I saw the picture I, I couldn't believe it his parents had disowned him because it was horrible it was horrible well, next thing you know, these two doctors, they worked uh, in the States for a couple months, for six months, and then for six months they gave it to just ministering to the folks there. And, uh, and they actually operated and removed the goiter. Listen, the young man, through that kindness, gave his heart to Jesus Christ. 
is now a Christian. So this is the concept. You know, this is why we're doing what we're doing. The end is Jesus. The end is Jesus. To get Jesus into this town, into this city, and see people saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. and Is that all right? Amen. And so we're going to work hard on the vision. Now, you may not be praying for anybody. You might be cutting grass. Weed whacking. But the Bible says it's really important that if you're faithful in the least, then God can give you more. You've got to be faithful in least, and then you've got to be faithful in what the Bible calls natural mammon, which is natural things, okay? And then God will give you more. And it's important that you be faithful in that which is another man's before you get that which is your own. I mean, you know, I, I, I can't think like this, I think about this until I, I, I'm thinking about marriage all the time. I, I just, uh, you know, it's the little things that count. It's not because your wife asked you to help with the dishes. It's because you see that she has two or three kids. She's half dead. And now it's dish time to wash the dishes. And what are you going to do? Honey, let me help you tonight. Three-point shot, bro. <laughs> Outside shot. But some guys are too dumb. No, they think, hey, I'm, gonna do, I'm, I'm doing the big thing. I'm going to work. I'm making money. No, no. no. Hey, it starts with the little things. Sometimes the little things you say. Sometimes the little things you do. And it's in the natural as well. Turn to your neighbor and says, ouch. I'm sorry. That's close to amen, I guess. <laughs> amen. And so uh, we're, we're standing with, with, with the vision that God has given Pastor Matt because we know where it's going. Jesus. That's where it's going, Jesus. People being converted, filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to see healings. You see, but it's important that you kind of have to prepare your hearts. Let's remember, Satan tries to hinder. We understand that. Okay. But I love what it says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. Everybody say war. We don't, we don't, we don't, it's not picnic time. It's war. If we walk in it, we do not war after the flesh. So I'm going to give an example. It's something that God shared with us, and I love it because it's not by might. It's not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. The bottom line here that really makes the vision work is the Holy Ghost. Is that right? It's the Holy Ghost, and so we need to make, pay attention to what's going on. Make sure that we keep filled with the Holy Ghost, that we keep the Holy Ghost stirred up in our lives. And, I, I, of course, you can't stir up the Holy Ghost in your life just because you pray 15 miles hours a day. You have to have, the Holy Ghost is when I get up in the morning and I reach over and I kiss my wife good morning, that stirs up the Holy Ghost. Because that happens to be the daughter of the Most High God I married. And he kind of gets excited when I really treat his daughter right. So, uh, come, 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 so that starts to some of the simplest ways, but let's keep the Holy Ghost stirred up. But here's an example that I found in, the, in 2 Kings chapter 6. 
verses 8 through 12. And speaking about the prophet Elisha, Elijah, I mean, Elisha, uh, the second prophet, Elisha. And, uh, and, and, of course, you know the story, but let me just kind of reiterate it just to, because I think you need to understand that here is a, here's the enemy. And I think, Pastor, you mentioned Syria this morning. You know, Syria came against uh, Israel, and, uh, and, and the Bible says that every time they would come up against Israel, uh, God would speak to the prophet. And, uh, and, and the prophet would tell the king, hey, don't go over there because he's over there. Do you remember that? Oh. And uh, it happened several times. And finally, the king said of Syria, he said, listen, we have got a spy in our midst here. There's somebody that's really spying on us from the camp of the enemy. And a little prophet, the little woman said, wait a minute. You know, you don't understand. There's this prophet named Elisha. And he tells the king of Israel what you are thinking and speaking in your bedchamber. When I heard that, I thought, that is so good. When we know we serve a God who knows exactly what the enemy's speaking in his bedchamber. I, I thought, well, that is really good. A God like that is really good. But let's bring it over into the New Testament. In the book of Romans, the Bible says... The Holy Spirit has come to help us in our infirmities, weaknesses. One translation says, limitations. I am so limited of what the enemy's planning and the way the enemy's planning to hinder me. But I am talking to somebody who knows exactly what the enemy spoke in his bedchamber before he got out of the bedroom. I said, whoa. And he says, so, and it's the Holy Ghost. He says the Spirit of God has come to help us in our limitations. We may not know what the enemy has against us or our marriage or our children or the church, but the Holy Ghost knows. And he's come to help us. And you know what I like? As we let the Holy Spirit help us, there's a verse, I think it's verse, uh, what is it, uh, chapter 5, 28, I think, or something like that. And when he says, the Holy Spirit's come to help our infirmities. And he makes intercession for the saints according to the Lord. But then he, they end up with this verse. And we know. And we know that all things are working together for good. How do we know? Because we've been praying in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has come to help us. And so Paul said, chapter 14, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the help of the Holy Spirit within me, is praying. Well, you know, that's pretty good. I mean, the God who knows what the enemy is planning in the bedchamber. And he said, now I've given you my spirit because my spirit knows the same thing. And so then Paul said, but the, the reason we, we get this activated, we cause this thing to be working on our behalf in our 21st generation is we begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, when speaking in tongues, you talk about it. Some people say, what do they do? They say, well, when I find out some of the stuff that the Holy Ghost has come to do, speaking in other tongues, I, I, I really like that. You know, so when, 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 when Jesus said, the Holy Ghost is going to come on you, and when they were all filled, they begin to speak with tongues. Well, why did they speak in tongues? Well, they're going to other parts of the world. No, no, not, not, not according to the scriptures. The 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians is really clear. You know, if I'm speaking in an unknown tongue, I'm not speaking to men. The very first thing he said. But I'm, I'm edifying myself. 
And I'm praying, and I'm praying the heart and mind of Jesus Christ. Think about it, saints. Do we understand what God's given us, the gift of the Holy Spirit that God's given us? And I think it's really important, and this is one of the ways that we keep really build up in the Holy Spirit. We keep praying in the Holy Ghost. Paul said, I thank God I speak with tongues more than you. Why? Because he needed a lot of problems. He had a lot of problems he needed help with. And so it's really important. Could we prepare our hearts by praying in the Holy Ghost? What I like about it, that means anybody at any time can exercise the Holy Ghost. If you're three years old and get filled with the Holy Ghost and talk in tongues, then you can be used by the Holy Ghost. You can actually pray the heart and mind of Jesus if you're four or five years, I don't care how old you are, as long as you got filled with the Holy Ghost, you're in. I don't know about you, but I said, wow, this is really amazing. So I don't have to go to seminary. I don't have to be so mature. All I have to do is be filled with the Holy Ghost and just let him out. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Well, anyway. <laughs> because God is the one who ultimately has to fulfill the vision here. Amen? We'll do what we can, but God will do what we cannot. The supernatural part is of God. Now, if we don't do what we can, and we don't do our part, we won't feel a part, and we won't be a part, and eventually we'll come apart. So he says, what should I do? Well, ask Pastor Matt, and if, if, if he'll tell you who to get in touch with. He'll probably, he'd probably say, well, call Brother Steve Ballmer. He's down there all the time. He'll tell you what to do. It might not be anything big. Oh, look, I remember the guy that, he was a doctor, very, very well-known doctor in this big city, and he started going to this church, and he, and he came into the pastor, and he said, I, I just... I really want to just offer my services. I really feel that maybe I could help in some way. And, uh, and so the pastor said, he thought for a moment, says, yeah. He said, we really need somebody to help in the parking lot. Now, we're talking about a doctor, <laughs> very well-known doctor in the, in the town. And he said, could, could you help in the parking lot? And, you know, of course, at first, the doctor really was offended, you know. And he, he, he kind of went away a little, you know. But he says, God got to talking to him. He says, you know. If you're not faithful in least, you're not faithful in much. And so that doctor actually went back and said, Pastor, I'll be glad to work in the parking lot. But you know what began to happen? God began to move on that, on that doctor, and he would begin to minister over people in the parking lot. And people would come and look forward to this man ministering over them. Word of wisdom, word of healing, whatever. Are you hearing me now? See, once God gets you someplace, the Holy Ghost can do anything through you. Anything can happen when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't have to be very smart, but you just have to be obedient. As long as you're being faithful in that which is little, then God's going to bless you. Amen? Is that all right this morning? So let's keep just chuck full of the Holy Ghost. When you're cutting grass at the OC, just keep full of the Holy Ghost. If you're going to clean up and there's going to be dust all over, just, hey, listen, 
I found a key, very important, Deuteronomy 28. God talked to his people, and he said, listen, because you will not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart, therefore you will serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, nakedness, thirst, the one above, and he will put a yoke of iron upon your neck until he has destroyed you. Now, by, by the way, that, that comes out of a, the unpreached gospel. It's in the Bible, but it's not preached today. But it's still in the Bible. So I said, well, if that's the case, I'm just going to reverse this thing, and I'm going to serve with joyfulness and gladness of heart, and so I won't have to serve my enemy. I won't have to serve confusion, frustration, depression. I can serve the Lord with joy. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? And I'm not going to be under any yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. I don't have to be because I'm going to be pulling with Jesus and I'm going to be free. By the way, uh, for all you married couples, really works good in your marriage. Put a smile on your face, boys. But you don't understand I work hard and I'm just about dead when I can take a nap. You hear me now? I'm sorry. Excuse me. I just love it because God fits in life. He is life. He gives life. And he's given us some keys in the kingdom of God. And we talked about keys this morning. We're going to enhance the vision because we're going to get in it. We're going to be, begin praying in the Holy Spirit. You know, <clears throat> some of the hindrances, because I know Pastor Matt and some of the things. I mean, some of the hindrances are, we'll just say, the architect. is working on things for how many months? And, and, It'd be nice. What do you think, Brother Steve? You know, for the architect to come through. You know, you've been, you've been waiting for how many months? And so, so just little things, you know. I mean, we, we, we could have had problems in this house uh, because that staircase is not according to uh, uh, specs. And so I remember, Brother Mike McKernan, didn't you go down to Harrisburg? Get a variance on that? So, yeah, there's just always hindrances, you know. But when you're praying on the Holy Ghost, it just seems like things keep working. The oil keeps flowing. Everything starts to keep working out. All things begin to work together for our good in God's glory. Whether it's in your home or whether it's in your family or it's in the church, it doesn't make any difference. Amen. So let's, let's serve with joyfulness and gladness of heart. We could be lost today. We could be on our way to hell. And I'm sorry that they're not talking much about hell today because it's so wrong. It's so unloving and unkind not to tell them what Jesus said about hell. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because something wonderful happens when, when we read and preach about hell the way Jesus talked about it and preached about it. All of a sudden we have this tremendous wonderful fear of God that comes in our life. And then it stirs up such concern for those who are lost and on their way, family members, friends, are you hearing me now? And some, sometimes it so grips us that we're willing to pay whatever price is necessary to get the gospel out. Amen. And so the ultimate goal, of course, is Jesus. At the, but we're also knowing that when we present and people receive Jesus, they're going to be delivered. And in eternity... 
they won't, they won't be turning around to you and said, why didn't you mention him to me? You are my neighbor. Why didn't you mention him to me? Amen. Well, God's good. Father, we want to thank you for the precious blood of Jesus, the word of the Lord. Thank you for the word of the Lord to encourage us, today. not to condemn us, of course, but to encourage us, to strengthen us, hallelujah, to freshen the vision in our house. Thank you, Lord, for Pastor Matt, the wonderful vision he has for this, for the Outreach Center. It's going to be absolutely fantastic, and Jesus is going to be glorified, personified. We thank you. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Let's remember to pray for those that uh, right now are dealing with a physical condition. Amen. Could we do that? Amen. Listen, uh, listen, if you need a miracle, come up and let somebody pray with you and for you. Some of you need your vision stirred up. Some of you have kind of let the vision die a little bit, got a little sluggish. So if you need a little, little juice <laughs> in your battery, <laughs> amen. Hey, man, let's get Brother, uh, uh, what would you say your name? <laughs> I married his mom and dad. I should remember his name. Amen. Can we get the pastor a hand this morning? So appreciate the word has come forth. We shared a little bit this morning in a growth track about exact same thing, about being servants. And one of the statements we hear sometimes is, well, if God gave me more gifts or gave me more abilities or gave me a better job, I, I'd work out. But God wants to be faithful where you're at. In the beginning. And so if you're not faithful with the first gift you have, why is he going to give you more? You know, if God's, if you're able to, to minister and to love on people, then we need you to start that in little steps and, and work out. But Pastor Wayne mentioned about the survey from the life group. So I'm going to share the results again because it, it is. It's very powerful. And what it was talking about is they went to Thailand for two years. And there are two groups of people that went. It was the blessers and the converters. And there's two results that happened after two years. The first thing they discovered is the blessers' presence in the community resulted in a better social good. So in other words, if they said, hey, did you meet John Smith? And he was one of the converters. Like, yeah, we, we know him. Him and his family, they're kind of like just, they're, they're kind of different Christians. They always make me feel guilty. So that it wasn't socially accepted. But if they said, hey, did you meet John Doe? And he was one of the blessers. The result was, yeah, that family is awesome. They always have such a good attitude. And anytime there's something going on in my life, I can always go to talk to them. It totally changed the way they were perceived socially. But in results, after two years, the converters, it says that the blessers saw 50, 50 times more. So I did some numbers. I'm a number guy. So if you're a converter in two years, you maybe saw 28 souls. That's actually a great number. 14 souls saved a year. I, I would love to see that. But 50 times more, that means the blessers saw 1,400 conversions in two years. That's 50 times more. So can you imagine if we start blessing our community, blessing those around us, blessing our neighborhoods, blessing our work. Can you imagine the conversions we might start seeing? We're going to need a bigger building. We're going to need more just in the OC. We're going to need like several buildings in the city. We're going to need several services. And so we want that challenge to go out. Start blessing. Start serving. Start being that example of those and just we cannot wait to see what God's going to do this summer. We're just equipping and just challenging, and it's just going to be a great, great job together. But like Pastor Wayne said, if you came here with a prayer need today, please take advantage of it. The prayer team's going to come up here. We could stand up. We're closing this morning. The prayer team's going to come up, and if you want prayer, 
we're here for you. You don't have to get personal data. You don't get personal information. We'll stand in the gap either for something in your life or if it's standing in the gap for someone else. Say, hey, something's going on with my parents or something's going on with my aunt and uncle or something's going on with a coworker. We'll pray with you. And so we want everyone to have the opportunity to get prayer if they came here for that. Thank you guys for coming and joining us this morning. Have a great week. Enjoy the weather. And we'll see you guys next week. Amen.